You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chest Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen, if you are new to the show, I just want to take this time and welcome you. If you've been a part of the show for any length of time, whether it's two episodes in or 222 episodes in, I just appreciate you. I appreciate your listenership and your loyalty. It means a lot to me. And listen, if this is the show you derive any value from or you believe anybody else would value from, please Please don't hesitate to extend it to them. Share it on your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and just link the podcast straight from the chest. Link myself at Justin Craig Roth. It'd be greatly appreciative and just help generate more awareness about what we're doing over here, what we're promulgating, who we're having on, and just just everything in its entirety. So I appreciate that right up front. And listen, we have another awesome guest for you today. His name is Prince. Prince, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, Justin? Thanks for having me on the on the show, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Listen, uh, you came highly recommended uh, by a by a mutual friend of ours, Matt Gaines, and I just had him on um, a few episodes ago. And uh, but look, you know, for the listeners, just so you know, I'm kind of. I'm jumping in the weeds here. I don't I don't have a clue right. really of of your background, which is good because it I hear it for the first time and everyone else hears it as well for the first time. So I'm just when people come highly recommended by other people that I respect and are also highly recommended, I have to talk to them. So give myself, give the listeners just a little bit of a background on who you are, kind of kind of who Prince is, man. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Justin, again for having me on the show. And, you know, and, and who I am, you know, I'm, first and foremost, I'm a I'm a father, you know, um, and I'm I'm a man and I'm a spiritual man at that, you know, and then I'm a teacher. Um, so I extend a lot of knowledge to a lot of a lot of young men and women. And so I'm a mentor and uh, I'm a friend. You know, and I'm a son, you know, I'm all those things first. And then, you know, I'll talk about my background, which is um, I work in sports medicine. So I work in sports, you know, my background's in sports psychology. Uh, my master's is in exercise science. Um, so I've done a lot of things within the physiology realm. Um, and uh, also, you know, I, 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 I'm an author. You know, I have a podcast myself. I have a, a live stream, which is on Twitch. Uh, so I do a lot of different things. You know, I'm a, I'm a high level martial artist. You know, I, I do a lot of things. I have my hand a lot, a lot, have my hands in a lot of different things. I'm in the weeds myself. Uh, and sometimes it's hard for me to find time, but I make the time and, you know, and I enjoy what I do. I enjoy my life and, and where my life has gone and where, where I've been in the last 44 years. Just turned 44, mind, mind you. Nice. Yeah. Well, look, man, for those of you who can't see him, which is all of you, because you're just listening here, <laughs> this motherfucker is big as shit, man. <laughs> Solid, just traps going up to his ears. <laughs> yeah. This, and I wasn't expecting that because Matt told me you're a big dude, man, but I'm like, shit, this guy is like, you know, st- almost about to step on stage thank you, here, thank dude. You, thank you. Thank so, you. 
you're clearly nanny stranger to weight, man. And so you have a strength and conditioning background, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, and you mentioned off mic, one thing you did mention was that you're a trainer for um, the football team in Cal Poly, correct? Correct. Yeah. So how has, when did, when did that all start and how has that been training kids, man? You know, that's, that's been a process. I've been doing this my whole, the, damn near my whole life, you know? So I've been in some aspect of sports medicine or sports training, uh, personal training pretty much since I was 16 years old, mm. you know, uh, both personal and extending uh, my service to other people. So I've been doing this for a long, long time, you know? Uh, so imagine I'm 44 now and I've been doing this since I was 16. Uh, so I've been around a block and, and then some. So uh, how did it all start? It basically started, you know, with me wanting to get in shape for football, you know. So I grew up in the 90s. I grew up in the, you know, mid to late 90s. So I wanted to get in shape for the football. The best years, by the way. <laughs> it the was best, the best years. The best you know, for, time, by the for way. For a lot of reasons. For yes. a lot of reasons. Um, and, and I was, you know, if you see me now, uh, versus when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old, I was, I was, I wasn't the size or the other, other man that I am now. So, um, and I wanted to play division one football. So I didn't look like a division one football player at the time, but who would have known by the time I graduated, I would have put on 20 pounds of basically solid muscle. And, and that would have started my journey not only playing football, but it's, it opened a door, a lot of doors to a lot of different things within, you know, the um, the fitness and the working out world. So, when you started training, you were sixteen. Sixteen years old, actually fourteen, fourteen, you, but sixteen serious. Right, right. Yeah, and you you put on twenty pounds in a year. Twenty pounds in about. Yeah, about a year and a half. So you were strict, disciplined, yeah. you ate a lot, you trained hard, yeah. you slept well. I mean, those are like the peak years, man, for people that just really just, I hate to use the word, but blossom, you know, yes. like between like 16 and 20 when yes. T's super high and, and, and you probably predicated most of your training on deadlifting, squatting, bench pressing, shoulder pressing, correct? Like the main. Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Um, you know, the basics were in there, you know, um, when I was coming up, you know, especially football training, it was a squat, the bench press, but it was also like the power cleans mm -hmm. and, and things mm -hmm. of that nature. But, you know, but really, um, my first job as a, was, was at a, at a gym. Um, and I was the youngest certified personal trainer within sports, a 24 hour, not a list at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Before it was 24 hour fitness. And so, uh, I did a, a little, they call it hybrid or they call it hybrid now, but they, back then it's basically, you know, I was doing bodybuilding training that was yeah. very similar to powerlifting. Yeah. So it's hybrid. It was a hybrid type of training. Like power building. And I've been, and I've been doing that. Yeah. Power building. That's the yeah, new, that's yeah. the, that's, that's the, the coin new, term now. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that since I was a kid, you know, like, okay, that's, there's nothing new to that. You know, you, you keep the basics and you're, and you're, but you're training like a, like a bodybuilder. So, uh, so yeah, you know, when you're young, you don't know how your body is going to respond, but if you're consistent and in the nineties, I had a lot of guys that were in that scene, um, 
who were like, hey, do this or hey, do that and uh, help guide me. And so, yeah, it was like 20 pounds to it seems like a lot. But when you're consistent and you're in the gym every day and that's your focus, it comes on fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. Or at least for me, it did, you know. So uh, but that's the power of dedication. Yeah. You know. So and that, and that kind of started and like I said, opened the door for, door for me to a lot of doors for me. You know, who would have known at seventeen, literally at seventeen, I would have been in, in the magazine, just doing what I was I was doing. Wait, which magazine? Was I was at nineteen ninety seven Flex magazine. And that matter of fact, I didn't even know that I was in the magazine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine uh, submitted a picture of me because at that time. I don't know if you know who Flex Wheeler is. Yeah, I yeah. love Flex Wheeler. Man. Yeah, good friend of mine, actually. Um, at that time, Flex Wheeler was at his, you know coming up in the ranks in the in the in the bodybuilding ranks, and somebody had said, you know, you you're built very similar to Flex. Oh shit! At that age, you know, and so uh, they had, were taking some pictures. I wasn't even thinking anything of it. Submitted the pictures to Flex Magazine. Flex Magazine, you know, featured me doing my best flex flex wheeler pose yeah so and then um i remember i was working at the gym and uh somebody walked in and said hey aren't you in flex magazine i said i, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> and they're like no you're in flex magazine i've seen your picture it's you you're prince right and i was like yeah he's that's like, crazy yeah he's like no you're in this edition of flex magazine that's so crazy. i go i run out and get the magazine and i'm like oh yeah i guess yeah that that what that's was me. it it was a spread what was it no it like? wasn't it wasn't a spread it was like back in those days you know you can submit your picture like the up and coming oh okay yeah so i was up and coming i was actually kind of getting ready for my first bodybuilding show you know it was like a teenage bodybuilding show yeah. but i was getting ready for my first bodybuilding show and i was in the mirror you know you know doing my lat spread or whatever and and, you know, having your friends are taking pictures. I'm like, I'm not even thinking anything of it. You know, no big deal. And uh, we didn't have cell phones in those days. I know. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so these pictures have to be developed. <laughs> you know, it sounds so funny. You say I know, it now, right? But I know it is. It's, it's crazy. So these pictures have to be developed. So I'm I'm completely not in the in the know that this person was doing that. Uh, and was developing these pictures and was and was submitting those pictures on my behalf. So I'm like, you know, so I'm blown away just like anybody else. I'm blown away myself, you know. So, and that was kind of the start of everything for me. That's how it happens, though, right? Yeah. Like people, people talk for you. People yeah. do things for you because they believe in you and they see the talent in you yeah. and they put you up and then you get noticed. You know, it's like, and you don't. And the, the crazy thing is, you never know who that could come from or right. who knows who. Right. You know, it's just insane. But okay, so when you were, it's crazy because when you were talking about moving, about starting lifting and bodybuilding, for some reason, when you said Flex, maybe because you said Flex Magazine, but when you said Flex Magazine, that automatically set up my antenna to think about Flex Wheeler. And I've always, I've always, not because of what we've conversed about about Flex right now, I've always said that flex, if I had to choose a body, any bodybuilder to mm -hmm. have, mm -hmm. it'd be flex, mm -hmm. not Phil, not Ronnie, definitely not Jay. Although they're all great. Yeah, yeah. And there are guys that are coming up that are even better or just arguably as good. Yeah. Not Kai, 
Flex. Not Chris Bumstead, right? Yeah, Not the yeah. guys that are new now. Yeah. Flex. Because he he had the perfect level of symmetry. Very much and so. he wasn't yes. grainy looking. He wasn't real vascular. It probably also his genetics too. He wasn't just he just wasn't a vascular guy. But he looked very clean yes. and pretty. And his physique was fucking massive, but it wasn't like behemoth. It is. It was like still it attainable. It, oh, it was still attainable. Well, well, what, what, what you when you're looking at the pictures, you're thinking, oh, okay, that you know, I like his lines. I want to look like that. So in your mind, you're still thinking I can attain that versus the, you know, in the late '90s, the mass moss. That's when the mass moss yeah. were coming out. Like Dorian like, started. That, that, that's know? super freaky. I would never want to look like that. No, you know. So now it's just extrapolated even beyond that, where guys. Yeah are comfortably sitting at 300 yeah. with abs in their off seasons. And by the way, people, these, these guys are like five, seven, five, eight. Yeah. They're not big. They're not tall rather. And so, but yeah, man, flex is the shit, man. He, yeah. he had the, he was the epitome of the body that you wanted or you should want because that yeah. was the prettiest body out of all of them. And it wasn't just the way he posed. I remember seeing him train in the gym. When he was just like four weeks out of the Olympia and he would go into golds and he would just train regular day and no posing and just the way he looked on the machines, the way he looked standing, everything, yes, yes. man. It was just so to say that you had a almost like a, a copy of that was was is by far one of the biggest compliments you can get in bodybuilding, I think. Right. No, no, no. I was I was I was blown away, you know, that anybody would even um compare me to, yeah. you know, at that time he's my idol right you know so he's way beyond what i think that i could you know reach at that time at 17 years old who know who knew that you know 10 years later I, me and him will wind up being friends <laughs> but that's just how how'd that, you meet him um so that's a long story in itself but basically um a friend of mine's uh was and i was had just graduated college and I was back home and I was trying to figure out, hey, you know, how am I going to navigate the waters? What am I going to do? So naturally, what do I do? I go work at a gym. So at the time, uh, the guy that I'm working for, a friend of mine also, uh, was uh, his gym wasn't doing so well. So he was trying to sell his business or bring in some partners that would help him with his business. And so at the time, he brought in a, a, a a fighter and then he brought in uh flex because flex was looking at that time he had just had his his i think his liver surgery mm-hmm. and um and so he would have just retired uh, officially from bodybuilding and he was like okay what am i going to do with my money and and you know invest and and so you know naturally he's, he's kind of from the i'm from salinas area uh, and he was up in Gilroy at the time and he was like, well, you know, I'm kind of local. So what am I going to do with my money? So a gym naturally mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he comes down and um, he's hanging around, you know, he's scoping out the scene. He's, you know, he's, you know, identifying what is it that I can invest in in this business as good, you know. And so uh, I was seeing him on a regular basis. Well, you know, me being the person I am, I'll say, you know what, look, I'm check, I check this out, Flex. Hey, I know you are who you are, hey, but you've been my idol since I was 17 <laughs> years old. We just keep it, let's put it on the table, you know? And, uh, and so he just started laughing. He's like, you know, there's not too many men that would actually just come right, out right. and do that. And we just kind of hit it off from there, you know? And we, 
you know, come to find out we have very similar, similar backgrounds. Uh, surprise, surprise, right? We have very similar backgrounds. And then um, he was a martial artist. And at that time, I was just kind of moving out of the out of football myself, and and I was moving more into the sport aspect of fighting, sport karate, and stuff like that. And so, and he was leaving bodybuilding, and he was trying to get back into the sport karate scene because mm. he had did that when he was young, about my age. And so we kind of connected there, and you know he wanted to do this whole ordeal to spin off with the Arnold. You know, this reality TV show, I was at the height of my pinnacle. I was supposed to be the bad guy. You know, he's the good guy trying to come back. It was it was oh, actually shit. cool. It was a really cool thing. So that's kind of where we, we hit it off with our relationship. And uh, it, we just had a blast, man, you know, just banging against each other, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I know. Man. I know. It is cool. And how how did he look when you met him? Was he still kind of the same stature and size? You know, you'd think, you know, looking at these guys, you know, they that they retire, that they just shrink up. Yeah, they shrink up in in what you're used to seeing. Mm. But they're still very big human beings, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, with his shirt off, it's still very impressive. Like, you know, at that time, he wasn't really working out very much. But they have so much muscle. Yeah. They have so much muscle mass on them. Like, you know. You know, they take off their shirt, man. They're like, like, damn, dude, you're still shredding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, no, very impressive man. Very, very impressive man, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, he just, yeah. And, and now it's always like he's kept his arms, too. Like, he always yeah. just had these freak, freaky arms, you yeah. know? And it's like, but it's for people that don't know, it's like, okay, when you go off of all the drugs, you can't go off of all the drugs. You have to stay on TRT to some degree because yeah. you've lost pretty much all of your indigenous testosterone and you don't make much of it anymore. So you have to supplement that ex- exogenously. So he's on like Jay. If you look at Jay, yeah. Jay's still fucking stacked, but he's no, he's probably 30, 40 pounds below what he was when he went on stage. Right. But the TRT helps him to retain that muscle mass and, and just have libido still yeah. and be functioning normal human being. Um, but it's crazy how much of these it's crazy how much of these people retain their muscle mass when they get off of the gear. Yeah. Like they still retain a lot of it, dude. You know? Unless you're someone like Kevin Lavrone, where he he would only really gear up. When I guys, when I say gear, I mean steroids. We'd only use steroids like when he was prepping for the show. Yeah. And then on his off season, he got skinny. Yeah. He just got was regular, regular guy. You know, it was, it was one of the only ones I think they ever did that. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was, you know, Kevin Lavroni. You know, if you look into him, he, 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 he valued being athletic. He was athletic his whole life. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he played sports and stuff. So a lot of those guys. Um, you know, that value, that athletic field, you know, feeling, you know, they want to go back to that. They don't want to be 300 pounds and they can't tie their shoes. Yeah. That's the look that they have to, you know, have when they're on stage, you know, the freakiness. But when they're in their real working life, they're like, man, I can't, you know, sustain this. Mm. So Kevin Lavroni, yeah, absolutely. When he, 
when he was really close to being done, he was like, man, forget this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He had a freaky physique too, man. Yeah. I mean, um, you have a podcast, Hustle and Grit. Yes, sir. And I want you to talk about that. I want you to, I want to know more about that. How, what the impetus is behind that, you know, what, what generates it? Do you have guests? Do you talk solo? You know, what, what's the, what's the constructs of it, man? So the hustle is the official name is the hustle and grit experience. So if you're looking mm. for that, uh, that's what it is under Prince Williams. Um, and so the way that came about is I had this, this, this huge spiritual awakening. Um, and, and I wanted to put it on a platform in which I can tie in not only my physical background, like what I do physically, but what I'm also doing spiritually and how all of those things tie in. And so, and that's the, the hustle and the, in the grit, the hustle is the mindset part of it. And the grit is the physical part mm -hmm. of it. So the hustle and grit. So, um, and so what I talk about a lot is in I, in my background is in sports psychology. Uh, one of my part of my education is in sports psychology. So I do a lot of mental training, a lot of motivational training. So I speak a lot about how to get into the state of flow and how to be flexible and how to be, how to be like water, you know? So, and with my martial arts background is very much kind of a Taoist feels like a Taoist approach to things, but it's not all of the, all of the, the religious or spiritual backgrounds and even the, the more modern uh, ways of looking at flow really speak to just allowing yourself to be allowing life to be and just going with the flow and it just you know and just in yeah so basically that and do you speak to solo on there or do you have guests on I speak solo uh, primarily uh, and I'm looking to venture out and, and start adding guests to that podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, probably more so to my live stream, but yeah, I speak solo at the moment. Yeah. And do you, you ever jump on with like actual content you want to talk about or do things just kind of hit you and you just kind of ad lib, you know, as you go? <laughs> uh, as you know, you know, you have to do a little combination of both. So I, I do have a, um, an outline usually that I'm, that I set out to, uh, to, to use, but usually, you know, um, about halfway through I'm, uh, <laughs> <Toss it. laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm completely ab living and I'm going with the flow. So yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's something to that is something to uh, just allowing yourself to be, you know, and, and usually, uh, I, I will go into my podcast with that intent. Like, Hey, if it's, if I'm moved to say something, or I'm moved to kind of go in a different direction. I'm just going to let myself go in that direction. And it usually works out. That's how it should be, man. Because, and that's how I kind of operate my, when I do solo podcasts, which is to generally once a week. And then I do a guest once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of go, I freestyle and it's, it's, it's something of a tool you have to sharpen yes. and get better at, you know, and, uh, you're pro you were mentioning that you're a perfectionist off mic when it came to things that you do, things that you create. So like your content, like your podcast. And I mentioned that I didn't, I didn't, I don't ever listen to my podcast back because I don't want to grade myself even further than I already do in real life with all the other shit that I grade myself on. Right. 
And I'll know, I know that it's just going to irritate me if I hear something yes. like yourself where you're like, I could have said that better. Right. I could have, I could have said this word instead of that word. And so I just, I, I for, I forego it. I don't even try to listen back. Um, even if I'm, even if I were to have a guest with Brad Pitt, I don't care. I'm not going to listen to it back. I don't want to know what I said. I don't. And, and really I kind of forget what I say yeah. too. Yeah. Cause I'm just in the moment. Right. But there's, I wanted to talk to you about your kids. So when you're training these kids, man, cause your background is in psychology and that's, that's pretty, that's pretty nuanced and niche, you know, to some degree because many trainers are just trainers and they're prescription writers for, you know, how mm-hmm. to train, how to work, how to, how to technique, technique wise for the squat, the deadlift, the press, the, the, the clean, everything, right? It's just kind of like, I can show you how to tech, you know, technical wise, how to perform this movement, but you're more of a coach. It's not really a trainer. I mean, you can, you can say I'm a trainer just to kind of, so people in the mainstream understand what you do for a living, right? but really you're kind of a mentor coach in that regard. Yes. And because when you, whenever you tether psychology to anything, you're now a guider, a leader to some degree, because you know how to persuade somebody to do something for the betterment of themselves. Right. Correct. I mean, and even if you're, and I always say this about trainers in general, you're never going to be a good trainer if you don't understand psychology and you're not personal first, if you're not personal first, yes, fuck anything that you've been educated on. It doesn't matter because people won't want to come back to you for a second session and a third session. And you'll never get results from them that way. When you just do one session with them and then they abandon training with you all together because right. they don't really like you or you don't understand how to gel with them, etc. So it's more about having personability factor to you and being likable also with understanding how to persuade somebody in the process with with regards to what they're doing or what they want out of the training that you're facilitating them through. Right. So the thing is, is that most people, they want something and you probably see this with training. They want a certain physique. They want to attain certain goals in strength training, et cetera. But they, at the end of the day, they just don't have what it takes, man. And I hate to say this, but most of them don't want to put in the work. They don't want to put in, they don't want to impart the discipline that it takes to take them to the level that they want to be at. That's, that's seemingly like glorious to them, right? you know? And so the way you go about that is different with everybody, right? But do you ever feel like sometimes you just want to say to this person, stop being a pussy? <laughs> you know, you, you, you graduate, you know, uh, you graduate from different states of, of uh, comprehension in your, in your journey, so to speak. And so when you value yourself as a teacher, or mentor, um, you're not just teaching a technique or you're not just teaching to teach. You're teaching with a purpose or you're teaching with intention. 
Um, and like you said, you everybody's different. And so when you go with the cookie cutter approach of with things, uh, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, everybody has to start somewhere. But people can tell in your authenticity <coughs> where you're at. And so sometimes you have to let that come through first before they'll be able to trust you. And, you know, and then they'll value and that brings value to yourself and that adds value. And then that's when you it opens the door for you to be able to do other things with them. And so I say all that to say, you know, uh, it's about seeing yourself as a teacher. A coach is a teacher, you know, and I'm I'm a teacher through and through in everything that I do. You know, I teach I teach martial arts. Um, I'm a mentor with my students at at work, uh, being an athletic trainer at at Cal Poly or at at any other school I've ever worked at. Um, You know, I'm a teacher in life. You know, I have I I teach my daughter. I teach on my podcast. So everything that I'm doing is 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 about teaching. It's about being able to take some material, some X material, and breaking it down, and, and so people on various levels can understand it. You know, so it's not just enough for the person that is in great shape. Now, how do you take that information? You break it down to the person that isn't in great shape so they can understand. Or how do you break down an, a, an idea of some sort to where it goes from complicated to simple? Mm. And that takes and that takes a refinement and that takes skill for somebody to to be able to do that. And I've done that pretty much my whole life. I've taken the complicated and made it very simple for people and made it plain for people to understand. Yeah, so I love that. And that's probably came from you being, becoming more experienced. Yes. Like in your own pursuits, right? Did you ever notice that when you started bodybuilding and started the endeavor of like training just in general and and kind of, coordinating or orchestrating your life around trying to get better at gaining strength, building muscle, you know, transforming your physique for football, that it taught you the core constructs like discipline, organization, structure, obedience to the discipline. And that's something that I talk a lot about on the, on the channel. Um, But when you, when you have someone that you, like you and I are talking about this, I know that those are the things that are very, very uh, invaluable. And there's things that you that you end up actually cultivating as you're moving up these ranks, so to speak, like with your physique, even if it's your physique. And people will say, well, that's kind of, you know, um, I don't want to use the word pretentious, but it's just like, that's, you know, facodial, like you just building your physique. It's like, it's not, it's much more than that Absolutely. because it takes so much. If you can build a physique and you live with yourself, so you have all the temptations that come your way with food, without it, with drug, with, you know, you know, this is, you know, the party drug, so to speak, yes, yes, you yes. have to be willing to set discipline and say no and say, and set boundaries and say, this is what I'm going to go to sleep. This is what I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat this way. I'm going to train this way. No matter how I feel, no matter what day it is, rain or shine, if, is, if it's in my schedule, this is what I'm doing. So you're keeping a schedule and that's so 
that's that is an invaluable characteristic that you start to actually refine mm -hmm. the more you engage in it and you if you do that for your body you can do that with a business you can do that to yes. grow a company i mean the discipline can be transferable transmutable to so many different avenues of your life man so i know that's something that definitely cultivated as you were growing your body right and so you said in the beginning, like, well, you know, kind of like one, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically one thing led to another, right? Right. You started football. Then it led to like that. You starting to uncover a physique yes. that was similar to a flex wheeler, which is one of the greatest of all time. And then that led into what football. I mean, it just led into that was made to go into football. Right. Right. But because you have such crazy good genetics, you started to see like, I could do a bodybuilding show if I wanted to, you know, and. So it's like this bodybuilding endeavor. Some people will play it down because they'll think, oh, well, you're just in your looks. You're just, and yes, that's probably where it starts. For some, superficial, that's where it, it, starts, yeah. it starts superficial, of I course, mean, yes. Let's be honest, almost mm -hmm. everybody, if not everybody that's working on their body in the gym has an ego. I mean, and they're doing it for egotistical reasons. Yeah. I know I am. Like I, I, there's a certain vanity involved with look, wanting to look good and feel good and operate at your best. And so these things, they're not to be dismissed. They're not, they're, they're not like, un, they're not something that you would, they're, they're, they're not shallow because they have, they have such a, an importance tethered to them and they can, they can transcend into other things in your life, man. You know? So, so Justin, I'm gonna get a little philosophical. Good. This is, this is true. Good. I love it. Um, the highest form of self-love is knowing knowing thyself or knowing yourself and so when you talk about when you when, when you talk about building a body for vanity purposes yeah it starts off it starts off superficial but it's bigger than that you know because what well, energy is always in motion right mm -hmm. and that's it that's, that's what causes that's what creates and it causes an emotion so uh, when you're moving, you're putting you're putting your body in motion. You're you're creating energy. So you're putting you're putting that emotion or that feeling out there, right? You know, you you're becoming something bigger. That and, and energy can either be created or destroyed. So it's, it can only be transformed. So as you transform, you transform into something different. And so people like to like to downplay that and say that's bad or that's wrong. But the body is the mind and the mind is the body. You can't separate the two. So as you walk out and you do feel good about yourself and you are expressing self-love in the highest form of self-love at that, which is taking care of your temple and you're feeling good, that's going to be expressed in how you present yourself out in the world. Mm hmm and people lose sight of that mm -hmm. you know especially as they as they get older and they get more jaded and they get shaded and then they can't understand why their life isn't moving in the direction that they wanted to move it's because they forgot how it feels to be free mm. and you can only be free when you when you care for yourself enough to take care of yourself like we only got one body <laughs> we only got one life you know, why wouldn't you want to take care of this body? Why wouldn't you want to take care of this life? 
Yeah, I think it's because people get the people that you're referring to. It's probably because they get so caught up in. I hate to say it, but just making money, just making money and focusing on things that are shallow, that are not self-preservant or self-preserving rather. And they just they put all of their focus and stimuli on the the sense of I got to make money. I got to. I got to build this business super, super tall here. I got to be the most powerful man I can become. And a part of that is it's kind of already pre-programmed or innate to us as men to become something. We have the burden of becoming, you know, and that's no matter who you are as a man, I believe that's something that's imparted on you biologically. And so but some men will take it to the point where, they forego their body in the process mm-hmm. and they forego their health in the process and they just work, work, work in terms of and, and doing anything and everything that they can to get that outcome, which is more money, more power. And they abandon the health aspect. They abandon that, that, um, that aspect of preservation in terms of their, yes. their body, their mind, and they think that they're doing more than the other man is because the other man's not putting his attention so much so on that. It's just two different races here. One is going to end up crashing and burning because he didn't pay too much attention to the Correct. pit stops. Correct. And you need to take pit stops. And you need those pit stops are effect are essentially you taking care of yourself, you having your gym time, your meditation, eating well exercising, etc., doing cardiovascular work and also sleeping. And just, again, we want, I want to preface this eating well, right? It's really revolving around eating and just moving. Yes. And so that's kind of the downturn that some people take because they're not, they don't, they don't, they don't value it. Essentially they value money and power more. And it's almost like, what did you get involved in? The the question I ask is, what did you get involved in at such a young age? Or who were your parents at such a young age where that, where the, the advent of exercising or eating healthy wasn't a part of your daily scope, you know? And, and again, it just, it's one of those things that will then end up, you know, perpetuating itself down the line. So here's a quote. What is a profit? I'm paraphrasing. What is a profit of man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul? Mm. You know, that's speaking to uh, not only what's happening externally, but what's happening internally. Your soul is the, is what's happening. Is your self concept? Is what your what you say to yourself? What do you say to yourself on a on a regular basis? What are you saying on, to yourself? that now has become a habit and you have identified with that. And that's the stuff. It's not enough to think positive because then your positive doesn't change your self-concept. That's only for a moment. Mm-hmm. It's about changing what you think about on a regular basis that creates the change because externally doesn't mean anything. All this stuff doesn't mean anything, right? This is going to, your external world is going to reflect what's happening on the inside of you. So what does it profit a man to be so driven, so money hungry, so power hungry, and all that stuff is fine. It's not good or bad. It's all neutral. 
right? It's all energy. It's just levels of vibration. But what does it profit a man to gain all of that? But his self-talk is, is disastrous. He's only at some point going to bring in or going to express outwardly disaster. And it starts with, yes, your temple. It starts with your mind. Here's give you an example. What you think about will be expressed in your body. And sometimes it's going to be expressed subconsciously. So if, if you're not used to turning that off, sometimes the program is running in the background and all of those negative thoughts, habits, preconceptions are going to be expressed in your body without you even thinking about it. Mm. So people wonder like, yeah, even the ones that are going to the gym, how come I go to the gym? I'm running, I'm, I'm squatting, I'm, I'm, I'm clean eating, and I'm with the quotation, bunny, bunny ears, I'm clean eating, but my body isn't changing. But what are you thinking about? What is it that you're, that's really happening upstairs that, that you're, you're not conscious of that your body is still expressing? Those are the things, you know, when I, when I go to the gym, you know, they call it old man strength, right? Uh, if I'm not consistently going to the gym and I fall off because I'm human and I fall off sometimes, why is it that I can consistently get under 500 pounds and squat it? Well, it's because I already have a, a baseline knowledge that, that says I can get this. I might grind it out. <laughs> but hey, if I die, I die. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to get this. That's and- going to be the title. <laughs> if I die, I die. <laughs> but that's a mindset, though. That's what I'm trying to get across to you, Justin. It's a mindset. It's about, like, my base. Like, I don't have to go to the gym and, and question if I can do something. If I set my mind to it, we all have bad days. We all have bad days. But if I set my mind to it and then my mind is into it, oh, man, I'm going to crush it. Whatever number that I put on there, I'm not, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not stupid, but whatever number that was in that's a thousand, in my, yeah, it was a in thousand. my range. But if I wanted to train for a thousand, I'm gonna get a thousand. Right, right. That's right. a mindset. I love it. <laughs> that, but okay. So, do you think that it's something that you put you you kind of project out an aim, and your aim is X, and your brain then goes to different counterpoints to try to make X happen. Mm -hmm. And so people say you're a man of faith and so am I. So we can have this discussion. Absolutely. What I'm about to say next, we can have this discussion when, when this is something that I have questioned and I don't know why, but for some reason it's just like, what is God saying here? And I've said this on a couple of podcasts previously with guests that talk about the same thing. When God says faith without works is dead. Okay. So are you saying that uh, then again, it's basically just all me because if I'm (laughs) having faith, but then again, I'm not just sitting my ass on my couch and hoping it's going to manifest itself one day. I'm going out and doing things because a, I have an aim 
B, my brain starts to connect the dots to try to make this aim happen or come to fruition. So then it's just me at the end of the day. Yes. Okay. So faith is just the driving mechanism that keeps me going from A to B to C to D to E to F. But that's not really faith. That's just me doing. I'm just doing. And then what happens is the outcome. So what does faith even mean at that point? It just means belief. So belief is tricky. You know, and sometimes people use belief and faith interchangeably. Mm-hmm. But they're very, they're, they're, they're very different concepts. Uh, faith is still based off of an opinion of what you think something is. Versus faith is I'm going to believe it until it is what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So faith is setting the intention, putting it out in the universe or to God. Or I use that interchangeably because right. you never know who you're talking to. Sure. You don't, and I don't want to you know divide your audience, but you can use, you can put anything in there, whatever you're believing. But I believe in God. But, um, and so faith is believing that if I set the intention, it doesn't matter what's happening around me. Right. It's going, like you said, as you said, connect the dots. If I set the intention, I put it out there. I gave it to God. Now I don't have to worry about the outcome because the, the outcome is going to happen the way that I see it in my mind because I set the intention and I gave it to the person that it can, can only make it happen anyway. Okay. Whereas belief has to do with more about you, your perceptions, your programs, the stuff that you see and you take in, that's what you're going to believe. And sometimes you're believing stuff that you have not checked at the gate or you have not checked at the door. You're just accepting it as, as, as real without fact checking Mm -hmm. as, as my young people say. So, (laughs) so would you say it's when you have faith, it's like having a tenacious desire that really is blind. Like you don't absolutely, that's what I'm saying. You don't know if it's like, it's going to happen, but because you have an aim and because you're, because you've had other, let's say goals met in the past, your brain understands that as like, this is something I can do again. I can do it again and I can do it again. Just give me time and keep, keep thinking about the end product. So here's, here's the thing. You don't need to keep thinking about the end product. If you know that's faith, right? Belief is, I don't know, but I think faith is, I know because I know what I, what I intend to do. The outcome, I don't have to worry about the outcome. The outcome is going to happen the way the outcome is going to happen. It's like, it's like, uh, how I like in this is, uh, think of yourself as the star of your own movie, right? Cause you are the star of your own movie. Literally you, we are all playing our own parts in, in our own reality. So, so faith is, you know, at the end of the, at the end of my movie, because I know I'm the star, it has to work out and it has to work out the way that, that I can probably, I want it to work out or even better. Mm. That's 
the knowing part of it. That's truly what faith is. Faith is releasing it and not holding on to it and not worried about if it's going to happen or not. Belief is, I think it's going to happen. There's nothing wrong with that. We, you are where you are. People are, are where they are in their journey. And if you're stuck in belief, that's fine. But the awareness as you start to increase your awareness and bring your vibration is you want to go from I think to I know. That's all enlightenment is. Is like that's all, you know, if we want to use Jesus or Buddha or, uh, or Gandhi or whoever, these enlightened teachers, what separated them from us? Because they still walk this earth as a man. So what separated them, man or woman? It What separated them from us? It was the power of knowing. It's the power of just knowing, just, just letting it go. That's a higher vibration. That's a higher Absolutely. frequency, man. And most people, because they think so low of themselves, they'll never attain that. And so they're constantly looking for self-help books or podcasts or YouTube channels to have people impart that type of notion on their own be on, mm -hmm. on their behalf because they don't have it themselves when really it's just, it's because you don't think highly of yourself in the first place. It's like you're getting up out of bed. Yes. You're getting up out of bed and you're just putting your underwear on and you're going outside of the real life. You're not clothed. You're not clothed. Is what I'm saying. Instead, people that think highly of themselves, they're going out, they're getting up and they're putting their suit on. They're putting their best suit on and they're going out and they're walking with their head held high, their chest proud, and they're operating in such a way that's completely different than the person who just says under on is trying to cover everything and is ashamed and embarrassed and doesn't actually go out and do anything because they don't want the world to see them just in their underwear. Yes. And so yes. it's like, I remember, and this is something that I don't think is, is really, you can't teach this. I mean, you can but it's not going to necessarily be adopted as best as it, when it's something that's innate to the person. And I think this is kind of, this is kind of already probably pre-wired in you or not, I think with certain people. Here's, here's my take on that particular part is, um, you have to have a reference point. You know, you, you can't, you know, uh, being just being a teacher, you can't just expect people to understand what you're talking about because everybody has different points in their journey or different education or different experiences. So me and you can be talking about something and the next person, even though to us that's common knowledge because there's no reference points for them, they're not going to understand what we're talking about. Mm. And so, uh, so everybody has to have a, has, has to have a reference point in order to understand it. And you have to realize that and you have to, you have to read the room and know what audience that you're talking to, you know? And so that's, you know, even transform, uh, transforming that to, you know, what we've been talking about, the, the, the physical aspect, you know, it's not enough for us to say, I want you to squat this, or I want you to squat this, this way. Some people need you to tell them, I need you to squat this way for these reasons. Or I need you to do this for these reasons. Or to take it even further, I need you to go here and do this for these reasons because of this. Right? And so when you're when you're talking about vibration, 
you know, you're talking about the lower levels of vibration, shame and guilt. And, you know, you have that person and you have the person with the higher vibration with that. They're living in joy and peace and enlightenment. And, you know, you can't get there. You can't get to the higher vibrations from the lower vibrations. You know, you can't just jump from from that to there. There's a process. Mm. And people don't realize there's a process. And that's what I'm talking about with the reference. You have to take you got to take people through the process. Or they have to be willing to go through the process. They got to be willing to go through the journey. And some people aren't going to get it until they have to experience it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that prop that that's it, that point you just made right there where some people have to be willing to go through the process for yourself. When you started lifting and you started your journey where you didn't know wh- when you were 16, you didn't know what was going on. You just were doing shit, you yes. know, like we're all just doing shit. And then we start to f- derive affinity from what we're doing or for what we're doing. And then we, then it just, that's like kind of the, the catalyst to just, you know, shift our trajectory upwards and onwards, you know, but before that happens, you have to just start doing stuff. You just have to start doing Yes, And most people now they, and I, when I say most people, I mean, most men now they, they want all of the things laid out for them, right. In, you know, before they start anything and what is the, what is the upward trajectory? How is this going to, you know, what's the linear progression here? And let's be honest, this is not linear. None of it is linear. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to start. You just have to start doing something and you have to fail at it too. And that's the thing. Most men are willing to fail when they love doing what they're doing. Yeah. They're willing to fail. And that's the reason why we have the civilization we have is because men built it. And men were willing to fail in the process. I don't think that that's something that if you said to a male, you're, you're, you're going to fail 54 times before you achieve one good feat of something. He would be like, well, forget it. Just yeah. in my life now. I'm not going to fail 54 times when I don't know how long each of those times is going to last that I'm going to end up failing for to only achieve one time of something good. One feet, one good feet of something. No, fuck that dude. But it's like, you don't know, but when you end up going through the process and you just derive affinity for it and you love it and it's something that gives you purpose and meaning, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times you fail or how many times you do something. It's unrecognized by somebody or by somebody that you want to be recognized from. You just keep doing it because it's something that fuels you you know failure is very seductive and it gives people excuses and so and and i'm not all about excuses you know i can i can have every excuse on the book you know um but here's the thing nothing is inherently good or bad it's all about perception and so what you think is a failure probably either was a lesson or a blessing. And so, and it's part of the process, you know, you know, if, if you told a baby, you know, you're going to, uh, you're going to fall a hundred times there. They, they don't have a reference, but they're going to keep getting up and they're going to keep trying. That's all they know. That's all they know. And say, again, you just, you just, you just touched on it. It's a knowing 
It's like, I saw somebody else do it, so I'm going to do it. And so what we call failure really isn't failure. You know, and you just have to accept that, you know, and it, and it is all about acceptance. It's just accepting, which is a higher vibration, actually. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, um, I read a lot. And so um, there's this book, and it's called Letting Go uh, by David Hawkins. And so uh, I'll just touch on one little, 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 little spot in the book where he has an inverted triangle at the peak the peak is at the bottom mm -hmm. and at the base, the base of it is at the top. So you're expanded when you're at the base of the triangle and you're, you're, you're funneling in or you're contracted when you're at the, the peak of that triangle. And so you can't grow unless you start to move and expand. Right. So that's the, the first law or the second, third law of the thermodynamics. Right. Is the law of entropy. I don't know which one of it, whichever one it is. <laughs> it's one of them. You know, um, the law of entropy states that uh, the universe is always growing. It's always expanding. It's always chaos. Mm. But out of chaos, there has to be order. You know, the we talk about evolution. In evolution, there was chaos. We always have chaos in our life now. So as above, as below, you know, in nature, there's chaos. But out of the chaos, what do we get? Order. We get order. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that. It has to happen. You have to expand. You can't get there from the lower vibrations. You got to gotta work your way through the process. Yeah. And that's where we lose some people. Through the process, through the process, we lose them, and because they're thinking of, they're thinking about it wrong. They're thinking, I'm not perfect. They're thinking about, dang, I, I shouldn't have did that, or dang, I failed at that, or that wasn't my highest, most shiningest moment. You know, we all been there, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. all been there, um, and and we get stuck. Because we're like, we're, we're, we're thinking other people are judging us as much as we're judging ourselves. But people are only going to respond to how you see yourself. So if you see yourself as that, that's how they're going to view you. Mm -hmm. That's how they're going to see you. Because you're putting out that energy. They're only going to reflect back to you what you're putting out. That's true. Like when you when someone falls and they get right back up, like yeah. act like nothing ever happened. Yeah, and isn't it amazing? People look at that and be like, "Oh," and they want to laugh or say, "Oh shit!" But then they, because that person just is starting to resume regular, <laughs> you know, functional behavior, they're like, they just let it go. Yeah. But if that person were to be like, "Oh my gosh," and make a you know a scene out of it, yeah. And everybody would be like, oh my gosh, what, you know, and they would all run to them. Are you okay? Or they would laugh or what have you. And it's, that's very, very true. The way that we kind of, I guess, expose ourselves to society and to the world is how people are going to view us. And so it's, and it, and it naturally uh, reflects in our posture and the way we move, mm -hmm. the things that we say, the things that we don't say, you know, it's almost like the notion of fake it till you make it sounds kind of good for those people 
just fake it until you start to end up believing it one day, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's some truth to that. There is. I'm not saying that that's the most integral way to do things, but if you don't have anything, it's better than nothing. Right. You know, fake whatever you're doing right now until one day you feel more comfortable and confident yeah. that whatever you can contribute to the world is of merit now because what you had prior wasn't enough for you. So you need to just fake what you think you are now until you build up that confidence and then that's going to portray itself in terms of competency to the public, to whoever you're interfacing with. And that's going to then, again, in reciprocity, go back to you and you drive more confidence from that interaction. Absolutely. And it's just, and so even though that's such a complex, um, I guess that's a, that's a complex idea to, yes, to, concept, di- yeah. to digest, <clears throat> it's not really, it's simple as like, get up, put your best clothes on. And I say this, you know, metaphorically speaking, put your best suit on and fake it to the, to the public until you believe it one day. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately that's going to lend you in a different trajectory, which is going to be for the betterment of you and how you interface with people, how you receive the, the, the reaction from others from the faking it part, right? In air quotes, I put that's kind of something. So that's my advice to people that are in a lowless state. Do that. If nothing else, yeah. just do that. And then impart some hard shit in your life. And that could be something like lifting weights. That's a stress. That's hard for some people to do that mm-hmm. to get their butt to the Extend gym yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Challenge yourself Yeah. and make a plan to do that every single day or five days a week. And you do not deviate from the plan and you just do that and do that for 90 days with no breaks, no hiccups. And you'll be a better person as a result. Just just do that. Just do that and see what happens. You know, there's this program. (laughs) I love that. that. There's this program called uh, 75 hard, right? I know if you've heard of it, but no, I haven't. Okay, so 75 hard is a program derived or devised by um, a gentleman named Andy Frisella. He's got a pretty big YouTube platform, or I'm sorry, uh, Instagram platform. He's the manufacturer of first form supplements. So, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, basically, what this program is for 75 days, you don't have alcohol. You work out twice a day. One has to be outdoors. One workout has to be outdoors. And they're 45-minute workouts, I believe. So, basically, you want you to do like cardio, maybe some form of cardio, and then some form of weight training. And then, um, by the way, he's not a trainer. He just... You know, this guy yeah. that, okay. And, uh, reading 10 pages, drinking a gallon of I water a day. I have heard of this. Okay. Yes, I have so, heard of this. So, and there are a, a couple <clears throat> other things that are tethered to the setting of hard, but I forgot what they are. So, so basically that's the nuts and bolts of it. And when people, I actually had a trainer on, uh, probably a month or two ago named David Pitts. And he, we were talking about the same thing. And he was talking about how he was redoing it because he, went out and had a drink because it was his, the guys he was meeting out, they were mourning the loss of their mother. And this mother was very close to him as well. Mm -hmm. I think it was his mother. I I don't want to be wrong here, but it was somebody who was very close to David as well. And so instead of being, you know, 
discipline. Well, I can't have a drink with you. I can't, which normally he would have, but because it was, he felt for the people and he wanted to be a part of the memorial situation. Yeah. He decided to break it. And, but now he's going further in the, going further in terms of he's, he went back on the 75 hard and now he's almost done with it. Right. You're like a day left, I think. But the thing is, is that these things, when you, when you willingly impose them on your being, they cause you to level up just by, by default. Yeah. And it's something that none of us need to do. We only really need to survive and have a job that pays us money so we can eat, drive and, you know, pay our bills. Mm -hmm. But when you willingly impose threats on who you are and your livelihood, your, your situation, you naturally are going to do one of two things, crumble or extend yourself. I love it. Yes. Right. Yes. So that's the reason why I'm such an advocate of weight training and mm -hmm. bodybuilding, the pursuit of bodybuilding, because it teaches you what you have and what you, and it, it, and it really identifies what you don't have and what you need more of to be able to be successful in this endeavor, this pursuit, etc. So that's what I learned when I competed too. Like if I'm going to be my, if I'm going to be able to have no questions asked when I'm on stage and I'm in my best conditioning, I got to know that I didn't miss any fucking meals. I didn't miss any cardio sessions. Yeah. I damn sure didn't miss any training sessions. Yeah. I got all the sleep I needed that way. When I, when I show myself to the judges, I'm my best. And if anything, if I don't get a higher placing, it didn't matter what I didn't do. Cause I did everything I could do. Right. I you know that. I love that. I and love it's that, just, Justin. it's just one of those things where people, myself included, we can't get, we can't get too warm. Like when we're in a shower and the warm water's hitting us and we don't want to get out. It's, we can't get too warm for too long. You have to be willing to just turn the nozzle up a little bit hotter or turn it down a little bit colder. Yeah, One of the yeah, two, you have yeah. to get uncomfortable to some degree and nobody's telling you to do that. But sometimes you have to tell yourself to do that willingly and impose a threat willingly because you'll be better as a byproduct. So think, think of, uh, you, you're talking about stress, you know, stress gets a, a negative connotation most times. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, your body is always in the process of gaining stress or releasing stress. That's, that is the nervous system in itself. Uh, that's the autonomic nervous system. Um, and the autonomic nervous system is responsible for running your body in the back. All of the processes that run your body, your cells, your heart, your lungs, your breathing, you know, the, 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 the um, recellular process of your skin or, or whatever, you know, you blink in your eyes, um, your autonomic nervous system controls that, right? And then the two branches of the autonomic nervous system is both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. So at the level, what you're talking about is, you know, did I eat right, rest and digest? That's your parasympathetic nervous system. Did I train right? 
did did I do all the things I needed to do that day to add enough stress to my life that what my body had to adapt and overcome. That's what you're talking about. That is the sympathetic nervous system. You need two, you need both halves of the whole to, to, for your, for you to, to, for your body or for your mind to get the stimulation that it needs for it to grow. Mm. So you need those both. You know, it's the yin and the yang. Yeah. It's the soft and the hard and the up and the down. It's not that literal, but but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need we need stress. You know, exercise is stress. That's not a bad thing. Where we get in trouble is it's the excessive amount of stress. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that uh, we're not releasing. We're not letting go. So it 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 kind of just um, bundles itself up inside yes. of you. Yes, and you're not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're exercising hard, guess what? You better sleep just as hard. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's the same process, but it's also the same process in your mind. And your body is doing that all the time. Like that's what your body does: stress and adapt, overcome, grow. Right. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, it, 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 that's something that I find myself with, you know, battling with is finding the good balance. It's really hard to find balance, man. And I don't think I'll ever find balance to its utmost, um, to its utmost potential. But I think that I can, it, as long as it's a pursuit of mine to be aware of it and try to get, in some form of a balanced state with stress and then rest. It's, it's all about expansion, mm-hmm. you know, as and you, you talked about it right now, literally it's about awareness, how you get into more balance and whether you're intentionally doing it or not, the body has a process. It's called homeostasis. Mm-hmm. It's going to balance itself some way or another. It's going to do it for you. And such as such as in your own life, if you are out of balance in your life, somehow the the, the universe of God is going is going to balance it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes we don't really have to worry about how we're going to balance it as much as we want to increase our awareness so we can we can be in balance or we can allow ourselves to be in balance. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a process in and of itself man (laughs) i i can't you know there are certain especially when you're when you're addicted to doing certain things a certain way you have a certain pre kind of established behavior and the way that you move or the way that you operate when it comes to certain things it's really hard to shut that off because you feel like if you don't Mm -hmm. do it to that level you're not being your best Mm-hmm. or you're being a pussy or you know what I mean? Like these kind of, these kinds of ideas that are kind of attached to you not doing what you should be doing. But really there's more strength in kind of talking to yourself and trying to find a common ground and not just doing what you know, because what you know is causing you to have this question right, right now because you find yourself unbalanced with whatever you're yeah. doing currently. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's 
truly trusting the unknown. You know, we were talking about faith and faith is bringing the seen into the or the unseen into the scene and just knowing that is going to work out. And you have in that space in between is the unknown. That's what gets people uncomfortable. So most people, when they're uncomfortable, what are they going to revert back to? They're going to revert back to something that they're comfortable with. Well, comfortability doesn't doesn't create change. It's the stress that creates the change. Mm-hmm. It's the unknown that creates the, creates the change. So sometimes you just got to just sit in it mm-hmm. <laughs> and be in it and just realize on the other side of that is the growth. Right. And you may not know how it's going to come. You may not know how it's going to happen. You just have to realize that it's going to happen. You know, just like when you in your bodybuilding endeavor, like you, you trained not knowing when it was going to come. And just one day you woke up and you're like, man, I like the way I look today. That's literally how it happens. <laughs> you know what you I'm know? saying? Like, so you were, you sat in the unknown for probably years. Mm. And then one day you just woke up and you're like, wow. You catch a glimpse in the mirror, a side profile or something. You're like, fuck, I didn't. Yeah. Dang, man. And then you start looking at everything, you know, but most people can't even get to that stage because they're constantly critiquing themselves mm-hmm. on the micro level every day, weighing themselves every day, you know, me, you know, really just monitoring every single. And I tell people this, I say, look, you have to be willing to put your nose down and just train. And don't bring your head out of water for at least six months. Meaning, don't analyze yourself, don't weigh yourself, don't do none of that shit for at least six months because you haven't earned the right to yet. You just haven't. Nothing's going to happen the way you want it to happen in that short time span of like a week or two or a month. You know, you're not going to change that rapidly. But if you continue the pursuit and you just focus on the endeavor at hand mm-hmm. and the stress, focus on the stress you'll see and you'll, and give it the time that it that's needed to see something culminate from this. You'll wow yourself, but you can't be focused on the minutia. You can't be focused on the monitoring here and do every day weighing myself or looking at myself in the mirror. I mean, I'd have clients that would look at themselves in the mirror every single time we trained and it would irritate the shit out of me Yeah. because I know you're not changing and you think, and you know, you're not changing. So stop looking. This is something that's going to take months and months and months to accrue, you know, in terms of your transformation. Yeah. So, you know, everything happens in space. Everything happens in that, 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 that time where you just don't know that's the unknown, right? Space is not, there's nothing bad. Most of, most of the world is space. Most of the world we live in, our reality is space. You know, outside of the earth is space. Space is where things happen. That's, that's where all of the unlimited possibilities are. It's in space. And so you have to just be okay with the space. Like I wear an Apple watch, not because I want the Apple watch. I do want the Apple watch, but I'm not, I'm not endorsing Apple. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I bought the Apple watch because I wanted to monitor my HRV. So people say, what is your HRV? Most people know heart rate, uh, a resting heart rate. Most people know, uh, their exercise heart rate. You know, most people don't know that the real number is the space in between of that. 
you know, what is the number that is happening in between resting and exercise or resting and activity or resting and me going to work? That is the biggest marker of your fitness. And it happens in space. It happens in the time that you're not doing anything. And so I, I wear the Apple watch so I can measure that time. And that gives you so much data because that's your autonomic nervous system is monitoring that. And so that tells you where you are on the balance scale, mm. like how well you're balancing. If you're more sympathetic, you know, you're anxious and, and you're jacked up all the time. Or are you, you know, in that rest and digest phase and all that happens in the space. And most of us aren't comfortable or most of us aren't allowing ourselves just to be. And you, you will be surprised if you allow yourself just to be that your autonomic nervous system will balance out mm. and your, your numbers both on both sides of that spectrum will be great. And your HRV would be through the roof. Mm. And I found this out. It was, it was, it was kind of weird how I found this out. So they say sleep is the cousin of death and, and meditation is a cousin of sleep. So I was doing some meditating and uh, the craziest thing happened. So uh, I checked my HRV earlier in the day and I, I noticed that I was really jacked for whatever reason. I'm probably, I have a high stress job. You know, I deal with high level athletes. You know, it's not uncommon for me to be jacked. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I got home uh, and I was doing one of my meditation sessions. And uh, for this particular day, I went deeper than I've kind of ever gone before and uh, make a long story short. And I say all that to say, I came out of that meditation and for whatever reason, I checked my HRV, I, my numbers, let's say my arbitrary, my numbers at 30, my numbers were at a hundred and something. And I'm like, how can this be? How did this happen? Well, in that time frame, in that space where I'm, my mind really isn't focused in on what's happening externally, where I'm not there, you unplug. What happens when you put your iPhone on airplane and you plug it into the wall? It charges up faster. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you need to do. Sometimes you just need to unplug. Put yourself in airplane airplane or plug in and put yourself in airplane mode and so you can charge faster. That's what you're doing when you meditate and you pray or you eat good food and you're taking care of your body and you're resting and you're sleeping. That's how you create those things where you can recharge. That's why sleep is so important. When you're sleeping, where are you? You don't know. <laughs> You're not conscious. You're plugged in, but you're not conscious of where you're where you're at. But why is that? Because if you were conscious, are you really charging? If your mind was still active and consciously active in this reality right now, would you be charged? Probably not. And most people are living their life like that. They're always plugged in. And they're never recharging. Mm -hmm. You understand? Oh, yeah. It is, it's profound because I think that even though people might know that innately, they don't, it, they don't read, it doesn't register with them until you, until they hear it. Right. 
and it's actually words in their ears and it's just like they obviously know it makes sense it registers with them it's logical but it's like they won't they have to apply it as well to reap the benefits so how many people are going to listen to you and the wisdom that you're speaking and say i need to do that i'm going to do that today in 10 minutes I'm going to <laughs> unplug myself <laughs> and I'm going to do what this man said. So here's the thing, Justin. It's not my job as a teacher to force you to do anything. When you force anything, what happens? You're going to get an resistance. equal and opposite, yeah. you know, force back. That's the resistance. That's not my job. Like I plant a seed. Once I plant the seed, we're going we're gonna to talk about in nature. Once we plant a seed, it does me no good to keep checking if the seed is growing, right? Or it does, does me no good to, to keep digging it up to see if it took, ro- uh, took root. But once I plant the seed, I have to know and trust that one day that seed is going to be what I, what I think is going to be, whatever that seed was. If it's a if it's a if it's a pine tree, it's gonna one day be a pine tree. If it's a tomato plant, one day it's gonna be a tomato plant. So it's not my job to force anybody to do anything. My job is to plant the seed. Mm-hmm. And eventually it's gonna take root because the mind, once it hears truth, once you once you hear truth, Justin, you can't unhear it. See, that's the beauty of truth. See, facts and truth aren't the same. Facts can be changed based off of somebody's opinion. The truth is just that it can't be changed. So once somebody hears the truth, they know inherently that is the truth. And so once I tell somebody the truth, I don't have to do anything because the seed is going to take root eventually. And one day it may not be today or tomorrow, but one day their mind has to reconcile that. That's the cognitive dissonance that's there. It's what I believe going back to belief versus what I know. This is faith and that's faith. And so you have to, you have to, the mind has to break through that cognitive dissonance and say, wait a minute. And then it's going to naturally start check, uh, you know, check fact, uh, fact, fact checking, fact checking (laughs) (laughs) what you had told them maybe three years prior. That's more like what faith is. Yes. Faith is seeds because you never know what, or when that seed is going to sprout, but you know that mixed with the soil, it's and watered, yep. it's going to sprout one day, and that's really the best analogy we can use for faith. Having faith, it's something that I know, without knowing the the actual constructed nature of the plant when it mm-hmm. grows. I know that there's going to be something going to come from the ground when I plant this seed in the soil. I just don't know when, and I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how tall it's going to grow. I don't know. I don't know what kind of color the flowers are going to be on it. If they're going to be flowers at all, but that's, that's, that's your life. That's faith. And then the more seeds you have, it just means you have more things working in your favor, right? But it takes you, actually putting the seed in the ground yes and that's what you're doing and that's what and that's the thing that's so admirable about you because 
you're doing that with young kids mm-hmm. that are like 20 years old, 21 or 19 or et cetera. And these kids, maybe they didn't have a father that showed them this type of wisdom or, or really, really uh, dispense with this type of wisdom. And so you're doing that. And that's why you're so much more than a trainer. You're the coach, you're the mentor, you're a leader. It's, it's more so that than anything else. And because of that, you're, you're actually leading good men to be even better men or leading men that are kind of wavery to you're persuading them to be better. Yes. Yes. Very admirable, man. Yeah. 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 I know. I talk a lot, don't I? <laughs> it was all good. And we got in an hour and 20 and it went by like nothing, man. Look, that was, that was an awesome combo, Prince. I want you to tell people where they can find more of this. If you had a hustle and grit podcast, a hustle so, and grit experience podcast. So I'm on the hustle and grit experience podcast. Uh, I'm also uh, live streaming once a week on Twitch. Uh, so that's uh, twitch.tv backslash hustle and grit hustle with the the capital n and grit so that's how you find me there uh, i'm also on, on social media under my my actual name prince williams you can find me there and so and then i also do some some blogging so i have some articles and stuff out there you know breaking muscle you can find some articles that i've written out on breaking muscle so i'm out there i just wrote a book actually i just finished my manuscript so look out for that that's coming real soon um Speaking of me and Matt Gaines, me and Matt Gaines have a project that we're working on um, where we're going to come out with some supplements that uh, actually probably tie into exactly what we were talking about today. You know, and it's it's just things that are going to help people uh, to focus in and get their mind right. Those 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 mental mind hacks, those nootropics, uh, the nootropics, man. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're working on some things that are but natural and specific to, you know, uh, things that are going to help people to develop, mm. develop their minds. I love know, we're not just throwing a bunch of de- bunch of stuff together. We're actually doing the research and we're planning and we're trying to make it happen. So, yeah, I want to try some of those. When you get yeah, when you yeah, got yeah. it all done, I want to yeah. try. Want to try? I want to be a guinea absolutely. Pig. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It's coming real soon, man. It's coming real soon. Awesome. Hey, thanks for being here, Prince. And uh, I hope that this was. Well, I know if you've listened this long. I know that this has imparted a lot of value on you. Please take the seeds that he's dispersing and plant them. Done.